Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy. Which one do you like? You put it in the cart. You add the ring to the cart. You add the promo code DWZ ring. Makes the ring free. And your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring. And let's have a big season. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And on this special edition of a Friday show, we at the Dynasty War Zone are going to revisit our redraft roots. That's right, I've got my good friend and co host here on the DWZ Football Network. I've got Kyle August. Uh, no Jerry, no Jake. Just me and Kyle and about 45, 50 minutes of just me and him shooting the shit as it relates to redraft, dynasty, a little how they overlap, a little how they're different, and just part of the fun of we've been doing various shows, whether it's been with Josh Larkey talking best ball, or you know, we got some other stuff coming up with Debbie, 1QB, etc., 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 just something fun to help us get through the dog days of summer. I know a lot of pods are going into hibernation, not us here at the DWZ. We are going to continue to run four days a week. I have no idea why I said DWZ like that, except it came out weird, so I went with it. Uh, just want to thank you guys for the five-star reviews. We're up to 215 on Apple and 242 in total. Guys, it would be super awesome if we could get to 300 across all platforms by the time the season starts. So we're like two and a half months away. Help help your boys out. Help all of us. Help me. Help Jerry. Kyle. Dr. Kyle. Jake. Lou. Tyler. Dallas. Everybody. We all appreciate everything you do. 
in the support of rating reviewing. And what the hell? Share and subscribe. Get us out there. Get us going. Help us grow. Help us get going and get growing. And uh, I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing. Um, there will be, this weekend, there will be a, a special show that I did. It's a Fantasy Fixer Upper. Now, it'll hit these podcast airwaves in, uh, in a couple of weeks. But maybe by Sunday afternoon. going to depend on how baseball goes this weekend with my son. But maybe by Sunday afternoon, I will get the video up of the time that I spent with Jason. I have owed this gentleman a, uh, a Fantasy Fixer Upper for a while. I'm really looking forward to our conversation and sharing that conversation with you. Again, that's over at YouTube. To search Dynasty Warzone, hit the subscribe button. You'll not miss any of the podcasts. You'll get a lot of content early. And hopefully the two-parter, that's right, part two of the podcast I'm cutting right now, will have Jerry and will have Jake and we're going to do a 16-round redraft league going into 2021. Dynasty's about done for the year. We'll, we'll do a little redraft. We'll do some redraft with Jake and Kyle from the FF Smackdown here on the DWZ Football Network. Uh, you can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Dynasty Warzone. If you're not into socials, I'm totally cool with that. You can reach us at the email address. The email address is dynastywarzone at gmail. Uh, you guys know we've got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash dynastywarzone. We continue to bring in new members each and every week. It's been a great time. We are wrapping up Patron 11. The auction has taken forever. We're going to be starting 12. We're going to get into some best balls. We're going to get into redraft. We've got Scott Fishbowl type things coming up here in the patron over at patreon.com forward slash DWZ. And get in now. Get get grandfathered in. Get locked into that $5 a month pricing before we roll out some new stuff in August in time for the regular season. A lot going on over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. So there you go. Nice, short, crisp open here on the show. I am going to get into a quick word from my buddy Matt over at Hate Brand Goods. That's the HVIII.com. They dropped their Looking Sharp. It is their logo, uh, kind of fashioned around a razor blade. Uh, very cool. One, one of their better designs recently. And then, not only did they drop three new goat shorts last week, they've got two new ones coming. If you check out Matt's Instagram, it's I Hate. And it's spelled H-V-I-I-I dot com. That's H in the Roman numeral for eight. I hate Matt Vincent. You'll find him. And you'll see some of these new shorts that haven't dropped yet. Uh, I know all of this stuff comes in, in small batches. I will be in line to get those new shorts. You can too. Follow along on Instagram because they've been doing flash sales on the weekends. And all of that stuff is a long way of saying they've got really rad shit. And if you use the promo code MEMPHIS at checkout you will save money and in the last two weeks the promo code memphis has worked on top of the 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 flash sales the deals they've had going on so let's hear from matt let's hear about hate brand goods what that means to him and then we'll get into my conversation with my good friend kyle from the ff smackdown his twitter handle is kyle month eight that is k-y-l-e-m-o-n-t-h 
8, the number 8, Kyle Month 8 on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a tremendous weekend. We'll be back here soon with more football content. Thanks, guys. Tell us a little bit about Hate Brand. When did that start, and uh, how are things going with it? Things are good, man. Uh, that started in October of 2014, so now, give or take seven years into doing whatever this thing is. And um, that's apparel company I started then and wanted to start making some clothes that I wanted to wear is really where it started. It start, and, uh, did it start more with you writing something first? Like, yeah, you, yeah. like uh, was it like an ebook or something that you put out or? Yeah, it's uh it's a book and then we made an ebook. So I wrote a book in 2010 of uh how to train for the Highland Games called Training Lab and one of the sections I wrote about in the book is called The Hate. And this was just this kind of personal philosophy I had that my brother and I had spoke about um just with athletes that we admired and it was these guys that just you know still on top, still still willing to do the work to get better that it seemed their concern was always about them getting better to their standard and not about what had to do with anyone else. So they didn't hate other people. This idea that you, you see those guys get up in the morning on like 4 a.m. and it's, yo, that dude hates himself more than me. That guy's <laughs> willing to put in the work. He's willing to do it. And so from that point on, it was about like, I'm all right with getting beaten by someone better than me, but I'm not willing to be outworked. Here he is, as promised, he is not only my redraft go-to. He is my redraft brother. His name is Kyle August. He is the host of our very own FF Smackdown. You can find it here on the DWZ Football Network every Tuesday morning, Monday night on YouTube, and uh, soon to probably hitting two shows a week, but uh, we'll get into that in the body of the show. Mr. Kyle, man, what's going on? Do you, and I think you meant the better half of the fantasy football smackdown because I showed up to hang out with you, bro. <laughs> well, I forgot to call you a founding member of the FF fellas. So for those of you that are new and, you know, I know we have new listeners. I see the comp numbers. You, you can't add more downloads unless you add more listens, unless you add more listeners, unless some of you people are downloading multiple times, which is also fine. But. For those of you that are new, Kyle used to host a show on a separate feed called The Fantasy Football Fellas. And I am a content junkie. I will consume this stuff all day long, long before I was hosting a podcast. I was searching fantasy football. And obviously there's the ESPN show, the one with Matthew Barry. There's the fantasy footballers. But then, this was maybe six years ago, five, six years ago. It's been a while. Yeah. It was a while. Because I started about four years ago with Sheps and, and Jernigan. And, you know, I found the fantasy football fellas and these are these two guys and Seth and Kyle and Seth has retired, mostly retired from the industry. We're trying to get him like in like a, like a guest spot every once in a while. Yeah. But, but Seth is retired, but man, you guys were like the best of friends, still great friends, but you guys hosted a show and I, I loved, I loved your guys' information. I loved your format. You guys were so much fun. The way you gave each other the wager wall, we were talking <laughs> about the wager wall, but are you and Jake going to have a wager wall? Uh, I, I don't know yet. We, we should decide that. I definitely missed that last year doing the last year was the first time doing the SmackDown still had it on the other feed and pretty much roll, you know, went solo most of the, uh, most of the year, uh, in season. And I definitely missed that back and forth and, you know, bragging rights, if anything else, but yeah, man, we, we had a good run. I don't know if Seth liked the wager wall so much. He never won a single year. Uh, it got close a couple times. That's but... a him problem. That's not a you problem. That's a Seth <laughs> that, problem. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, man, we, that show, I was trying to think back to what year that was, but it was, we started that show, whatever year Zeke's rookie year was. 
Um, cause I remember our first, 2016. our first debate was, uh, I had Zeke as, uh, the, my, I had Zeke as my number one running back and Seth said I was insane. And, uh, I just played into that and it ended up working out for me. So, um, but yeah, man, it, it was, uh, it was good. I'm looking forward to this year. This is the first season with, with Jake and obviously the first season hanging out with you guys on the, on the Warzone network. And dude, it's been a blast. I'm looking forward to continuing to, you know, cross pollinate these shows a little bit too as we get closer and closer to the season you know that's what it is in fantasy football and fantasy content it's like an arms race you know you're gonna have your espns you're gonna have your fantasy footballers but you know i always say from like a learning standpoint none of us know as much as all of us and none of us can be as successful as all of us that's why i was so happy when you and jake you know wanted to start you know putting out content on our feed then we Got Lou and Tyler. They're going to be doing some daily stuff. Dr. Kyle helping me with the gambling stuff. Speak, speaking of Dr. Kyle, what's it like working with a second Kyle? But uh, pe- people have uh, really enjoyed him, not only on our show, but on your show. I know he's popped in. I'm hoping to hear more of him on uh, on the SmackDown this year talking injuries. Oh, for sure. We're going to, as as much as he's going to be available, he's going to be on. Uh, we, we've had uh, little conversations here and there. Um, so hopefully this isn't breaking news when he's listening to this, but, uh, for sure, man, we're going to leverage him as much as he will let us, uh, on the SmackDown this year. I'm really looking forward to it as much as I love, I do. And I love draft season. I love talking everything. You know, we talk a variety of stuff on the SmackDown, obviously for those of you that are still, you know, that tune into that show, uh, that drops every Tuesday. Like we kind of cover a bunch of stuff. Obviously we're a little bit more redraft focused in the off season, but we really ramp it up in season and to have him, you know, help us out uh, with expectations, really. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Injuries happen. We all know that. I'm not breaking any news there, but, you know, how can you prepare yourself? Is this a, is this a two-week thing that we're looking for a quick Band-Aid, or is this, a, is this an Eckler-Nick Chubb situation where it's like you got to bail ass and go find – bring in the reinforcements because I had, a, I had a couple of teams like that last year, and unfortunately I didn't have the depth I needed. I didn't uh, – I was too slow on the trigger, and – cost myself a playoff spot because usually in redraft and every league, but especially in redraft, man, those come down to like a game. So you can't be waiting around. So we're going to be using Dr. Kyle up pretty good. And Jake's going to have a hell of a time uh, with, uh, with two Kyles on the mic across from him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You've, you've got good Kyle. That's, that's you. And then evil Dr. Kyle, like, you yeah. know, like Dr. Evil. And that, that's it. Yeah. But no, I, I think he just brings so much credibility to, to what we do. For those of you watching on, YouTube didn't see Kyle hit me with the the Dr. Evil Dr. pinky Evil. to the corner of the mouth. But he brings so much credibility to what we do, being a board-certified doctor of physical therapy. When he says a guy's going to be out for a certain length of time, you know, it's able you're able to cross-reference that with other, you know, you know, doctors of physical therapy out there. There's doc, there's football doctor, Dr. Chow, whatever the hell his name is. But it's good to have that insight that get that instant reaction to hey, injuries and and, and then we can cross that with what you guys do real well. You guys used to do the waiver wire show, and I'm sure you'll still be doing that. So when you take a guy with his injury prowess and says, yeah, you know what, this one's going to be four weeks, or this one's going to be five weeks, or this one could be season ending, then you're able to help the listener calculate a percentage of their fab to go toward that replacement. Now, you mentioned Austin Eckler last year. The problem with Austin Eckler is that his backfill – was very muddy. It was a little Justin Jackson. It was a little Kalen Bellage, the Bellagio. It was uh, the, the the kid oh, from UCLA, Josh, Josh Kelly. Oh, Josh God. Kelly, the the, the 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 two down back that never was. <laughs> yes. J- just just so much stuff. So 
The reason why I have Kyle here, so, so far we've had a lot of great guests, uh, like most recently Josh Larkey of Roto Underworld. He was talking some best ball with us, and we're going to continue to do this. Now, like I said, Kyle is as pivotal to my redraft joy from a content standpoint, literally as the fantasy footballers and ESPN. I actually quit listening to those shows because I just don't have time. There's not enough bandwidth. But I still, and I tell you what, you know I love Seth. You know, you, me, and Seth, we went to a Colts game. We went to the Colts-Cowboys game. Colts blanked him, by the way. I just want to make sure you don't, in case you yeah. forgot. In case, just in case you forgot. I could never forget that. Never forget that. We spent hundreds of dollars each to watch the Colts literally shut out the Cowboys, which was great uh, as a Colts fan, but like we all had like, it was like the, it was like week 15 of the yeah. fantasy playoffs that, that yes. year. And it was a, like Andrew Locke didn't do much and it was just a brute. Zeke didn't do much. It was brutal. Yeah. So it was great to see the Colts kick ass, but it was not great to get my ass kicked in in Dynasty semifinals that year. So so the reason why you're on, without putting too much more smoke up your skirt, the reason why you're here is that you 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 play all formats of Dynasty. Now, are you much of a DFS guy? Uh, not really. Um, I I played in it. The problem is with DFS, and I've and it was really just not committing to it was probably the biggest thing. Like, you know, I would. Uh, you know, and there's other like forms of fancy football or even like different sports where I like, I feel like I'm more of a consumer, right? But with f- fancy football, I feel like, man, I gotta, I feel like I gotta challenge myself more to like not take as much input from other sources and like make my own stuff, like do my own thing. But in DFS, it's such a different kind of game. Um, plus, and I think you've mentioned this multiple times and alluded to it, the grand old state of Illinois legalized, uh, sports gambling. Uh, last year so i was hopping on that prop bets are were a ton of fun i've been doing that still throughout the year uh with some different sports and and that's kind of been my jam I, not you know nothing crazy but you know uh you know 20 30 bucks a weekend you know spread out on and some non-football stuff and you know a little extra cheddar you know in season when i there's stuff i like uh so i, I really kind of got more into the uh you know sports gambling thing just dabbling a bit rather than dfs and I agree. Now, you're never, unless you just get insanely lucky, you're never going to win unless you're betting this much, four figures, five figures, like you can in DFS. I know our buddy Lou, we just referenced Lou at Lou Dog Sports, one of our DFS guys. I know he hit five figures on like a soccer DFS game, and he's hit four figures on some football DFS. I just, I find it extremely taxing, you know, because mm-hmm. it feels like it's, there's like a skeleton key, and you, know, yes. you, you, you kind of know the, the, the running backs, the, the wide receiver quarterback stacks, the skinny stacks, this stack, that stack. And it always comes down to one random offshoot guy that only the people that do like 20 entries ever actually hit. And I've, you know, at least from a, like a financial return, to your point, I've won a lot more money you know, prop betting. I, I had a really good run last year, the last six, eight weeks of the season. I was like 33 and seven down the stretch, you know, and if you just, just back that out, let's say, let's say every bet was, you know, $10. Well, if, if you won 33, that means you, you won 330. And if you lost seven, you lost 70 plus the juice. So, I mean, you're looking at like 80 bucks. So it's like an ROI of 250 bucks. So, I mean, it's a pretty good return on investment. So I prefer that, but I think, we all started as redraft players. Now, as, as as a redrafter, how long have you been playing redraft? 
Oh man. Uh, I've been, and you know, it's so funny cause I, this is, this is a great question and I love hearing people's answers on this. Cause especially like you hear these guys like, Oh, I was playing before the internet and had to go get the paper and, or, you know, get a telegraph to show me my scores. I don't know. That wasn't that far back. I, the, the internet did exist. It was before live scoring. So I just remember like watching bottom lines and, and calculating my head and trying to figure it out and, and uh, yeah, it was good times. But I would say if I had to guess, honestly, it would probably be around 2001. Um, I just remember my first team ever. It also helps that you win your first year out. But uh, first year out, won a championship on the back of your boy, Marvin Harrison. It was a fantastic feeling. Uh, so been playing some form of fantasy football ever since. And uh, Dynasty here now for probably about 10 years. Yeah, I was Google searching the the year Michael Vick broke his leg. It was the oh. year my, my first year in in Dynasty, and he broke his leg in in preseason. And that I learned a very 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 important lessons that year. One, don't draft in like July. Wait until <laughs> after that third preseason game because then these type of things don't happen to you. Mm-hmm. And you know if you're going to draft a mobile quarterback, you had better draft a second decent quarterback. Now I know a lot of us play super flex, but to keep this one QB focused, if you draft Lamar, you may want to reach like a half around earlier. And that's not just Lamar, Josh Allen, uh, Dak. Dak was a great example last night, last year. Mm-hmm. He is never going to be confused with Lamar, but he is pretty mobile, dude. And he he broke his ankle. So if you're going to draft a lot of those guys that are mobile with a running aspect to their game. There's nothing wrong with hedging them with like a Matthew Stafford or a Tom Brady or a Matt Ryan as your QB2, especially if you're drafting early in the summer. Now, I don't want to ha- I'm never going to handcuff mm-hmm. a uh, a quarterback. That's bad news bears. Uh but but yeah, if you're going to have a mobile quarterback. So, um I'm going to going to ask you some questions because this is a dynasty based show. This is a bonus on a Friday. So, I appreciate you jumping on again. What would you say is the biggest discipline a, a a redraft gamer or a fantasy gamer has to maintain when playing redraft versus a dynasty league. Yeah, and th- and this is I think it's funny too because I talked to a lot of guys and I've and I've even shifted this like I play more dynasty leagues than I do redraft leagues at this point. It just it's so much easier to add dynasty leagues. You get people that are committed. Redraft leagues, man, I I don't want to be in you know one of those jabroni leagues. Right, Memphis. So, uh, I don't want a, a league that's half committed and it's just like, oh, we all got together and we thought it would be a cool idea in August, like, you know, uh, to throw a redraft league together. So I, I try to keep my redraft leagues, you know, filled with great owners. I know are going to be active and it could be fun. So, um, you know, even I've leaned more towards dynasty as far as the number of leagues versus redraft. But I think one thing that should never be forgotten, especially, uh, when it comes to redraft versus dynasty is man, in redraft, you cannot half asset on the wire you cannot the draft is important it's fun it's the best day of the year right whatever but leagues are won and lost on the waiver wire and it's so you take a you take one week off and you know you let either you miss on somebody or you let another team you know grab a player and they're adding to their depth for down the stretch you know th- those are those have big ramifications you know it's just as important to be blocking your opponents in redraft leagues because the wire is always chocked full of talent even deeper leagues these guys come out of nowhere you know in dynasty you might get you know a couple a year a couple gems found you know Travis Fogels of the world where these guys just aren't aren't rostered anywhere you know but dynasty leagues it's it's important but you're there's you know there's usually one or two guys and you know maybe a week or even put claims in 
for redraft, man, you have to just stick to it. You have to put in all the claims, even if you don't think you need the guy, you know, or, you know, you got to put in 20 claims worth of players because guys are going to go right. And one of the things that I do um, that I've done over previous years, hell if I, I don't know how I'm going to do it this year, but uh, maybe we'll just make it a bonus thing here for the, for the war zone people or the Patreon. I don't know, but uh, every year I wrote an article called waiver wire sniping. And that was taking it to the next level where I was looking ahead a week to try to add these guys Sunday morning for free on my team stash on that last bench spot. You know, maybe I was rostering, you know, whatever Gio Bernard, you know, at the last minute, just in case, okay, Mixon's going cut Gio, go get my quarterback for next week, the top streamer. Cause I need a streamer or, you know, go pick up the tight end with the best option because I'm streaming that position. Like leveraging that final bench spot is huge um for those waiver wire ads so that that is for me definitely the biggest thing you know when it comes down to it the difference between those two things is the ability to add a difference maker on your roster any given week um is is huge so you need to be on it and you can't give up you can't give in just a bit because i've had those weeks where i'm like man i'm tired i don't feel like putting claims in for all these leagues but you got to do it because Future you is going to be pissed as hell when he's watching Mike Davis go off for somebody uh, other team because you didn't decide you needed to put the, the time in. So it, it's definitely a commitment, man. Well, I, I like that because I, I thought of the comparison to Dynasty. In Dynasty, you really need to be playing the waiver wire if your waiver wire is running. I, I play it in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So one of my biggest hacks as a Dynasty GM is – I literally, I have an Instagram account and all I follow is all 32 NFL teams because some teams are really good with posts. If you're familiar with Instagram, some people use it more than others. Uh, my wife really likes it for all kinds of stuff. I really like it. I don't post much on the Dynasty Warzone handle or my own handle unless you want to see pictures of my son playing baseball, my dog, my garage gym, and that's really about it. On that Instagram. was a great summary of your... That, of your I mean, content. It, it, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> you follow me on Instagram. Yes. Have you ever seen a picture that I, I don't even post pictures of my wife? It's no. my son playing baseball. It's my garage gym. It's my dog. That's all that I post. But I have a second handle because you can double tap on, in the lower right hand corner and it switches your profile. And in the summertime, man, it's great for Dynasty GMs because you start hearing names, camp bodies. But you know what? Today's camp, especially at the running back position. You know, for a lot of people, James Robinson's a great name. Because in redraft, by the time that, that he was getting on to week one, as a redraft gamer, you probably knew a little bit about the name. You had heard the buzz. Hey, he's getting a lot of reps at camp. But for dynasty players, that's when I use the wire. But, man, you nailed it in season. You have to be on the wire. You have to know what percentage of your money to spend, when to spend it. How deep are you at that position? That, that You stole mine, uh, but I did want to say one thing, because you, you kind of mentioned one of my favorite sayings, and this goes for everything. This goes for your diet, this goes for your job, this goes for your fantasy football team. Future you has got to deal with today's used decisions. So if you're just like, nah, I ain't putting in waivers this week, I'm too tired, and you know, someone gets Mike Davis from last year, who ended up being an RB1, I think he was the RB10 or 11, that sounds correct. Yeah, when he was out, well, yeah, uh, that that sounds about right because he was a freaking baller. Last a literal, season. a literal RB one, because you were on the waiver wire. You listened to a show like the FF Smackdown. You heard Doctor Kyle say, "Hey, this guy's injured. It's going to be this long." You know who to put in for because Kyle's out there. You know, watching the the beat reporters, 
And, and I think that's a good one. Um, so Dynasty's growing, and I, I, I love that. I love that because it's my favorite form of fantasy football. Better than redraft, better than DFS, better than best ball. I guess I do have some best ball dynasty leagues, which are great because you don't have to set those damn lineups. <laughs> yes. But, but at, the, at the same time, as more and more of your, of your consumer, the FF SmackDown consumer, pick up a dynasty league because they hear you talk about it or they hear Jake talk about it. By the way, this is something special for Jake. Now, how do you spell Jack, Jake's last name? Do you know? Uh, I believe it's H-R-I-P. You know what makes me think about Jake? This right here. What'd you say? You can't have a pie without Cool Whip. Cool Whip? Cool Whip, yeah. You mean Cool Whip? Yeah, Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. You're saying it weird. Why are you putting so much emphasis on the H? So, so make sure you reach out to at Jake Takes FF and ask him why he's putting so much H, uh, so much emphasis on the H and Hrip. It's Jake Hrip. But, Hrip. Uh, Hrip. Yeah. Jake, J- Hrip, Jake, Hrip your heart out. Jake Hrip means. your heart out. Yeah. It's Jake Hrip your heart out. So, so as more people are going over to Dynasty, again, the Dynasty, uh, the fantasy football uh, ballers, they did a whole week of Dynasty content. So as more people are coming over, what is a big mistake that you see the redraft player making as they do a startup or maybe they take over an orphan or they're just jumping into Dynasty? And oh, dude, it's so- Yeah, jumping into Dynasty from redraft. Yeah, and the thing that's always so funny to me, and we just get, I think, caught up in it. And this happens to, I think, even to people that aren't content producers, right? They're just, they just take in a lot. You know, we're in this little universe uh, of, you know, whether Twitter or podcasts or like all these, you know, the Patreon chat, all these, like sometimes you, it's hard to put yourself in that person's shoes. Like I'm average Joe fantasy player and I want to, you know, being a dynasty league, you don't even know where to start sometimes. So that's why I'm always grateful when we hear people reaching out that listen to you, you guys or listen to the network shows and they're, they're coming from a good spot. You know, they're setting a good foundation because holy crap, man, I've been in some leagues. Like I've got invited to leagues where it's like, oh, we're going to start a dynasty league. Come on in. I'm like, all right, you know, you guys are cool. I'll, you know, uh, that's fine. We'll do this. And But no one else has any idea. And then I'm not the commissioner, but I'm literally telling everyone even how to set it up. Like no one even knows how to set these things up. So, uh, but I would, going back to your, your question, t- the biggest mistake, I would say there's two. And the first one, again, is just a foundational thing. You, if you're not playing in the right space, I've seen people, and I, again, this seems basic, but like if, you know, if you're playing, if you're trying to do a dynasty league on ESPN or Yahoo or one of these seasonal leagues, you're you're in the wrong place, homie. Brutal. You'd be better <laughs> off keeping it on a spreadsheet. Exactly. It is. It, it, you are not, you will kill yourself trying to figure that out. It's not worth the pain and suffering. Uh, as much as we love this world of dynasty, those platforms are not meant for that. Uh, and it is absolutely horrendous to give it a try. I, I, I've been there. I, I started my first dynasty league I did on NFL.com because I'd heard about this dynasty thing and I didn't know anyone else who played it. I found some people on some forums of, and I just, we made it happen, right? I didn't even know what my fantasy league was then. Um, so, you know, go to sleeper, try it out. They got every, all the tools you need, nice and simple. It's free. You can give that a shot. So the foundational pieces don't F it up and try to use the, the website you've been playing with your friends on forever. That doesn't work. Go find a dynasty specific site. But I would say just from a strategy standpoint going in is like, you usually see people lean way too far one way or the other. And oftentimes it's not like, oh, I drafted this redraft team and I didn't realize it was dynasty type thing. Usually it's, it's honestly, I've seen the opposite where these people think like, oh, 
I'm going to own these guys for 10 years. I need these guys because they're only 21 and a half years old and I'm going to own these guys till they're gone. That, that sure as hell ain't the, ain't the strategy to be using because we don't know what's going to happen this year. We'll be the first to tell you that we're making our best guesses and, and hopefully we're right more than we're wrong. And when we all come back to the same time next year, we're going to be singing different tunes because things change that quick in the NFL. It is extremely hard to predict year to year. So I would say by far the biggest one I see and it, for new players, especially though, is like thinking that a window is more than three years. I mean, it, it's unbelievable how, how uh, I've gone, I've done some startups with less experienced or inexperienced people. And these guys are so drawn to the fact that like, I'm going to own Lamar Jackson for 39 years. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> so it's hilarious. It's it's for, for me the big thing is is being overly competitive and not having a strategy, mm-hmm. and 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 not understanding that to your point the three years because if if I gave you a, like a challenge and I said Kyle so here, we're going to take quarterbacks out of it because quarterbacks are a little unfair, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give you you have to pick ten players non quarterback so wide receiver running back or tight end you have to pick ten players and they all. 10, maybe if you get like 9 out of 10, you would win like a million bucks or something. But the criteria would be is pick me 10 players, and you got to get 9 right, that are going to still be with their team and still producing at a top 12 level. That would be a lot harder than people realize. Mm -hmm. And we just fall in this trap. You know, three years ago, Todd Gurley was the 101. (laughs) I mean, he was Christian McCaffrey three years ago. And it sounds crazy. You know, 2018, Todd Gurley was the shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he now he's just shit. But at the time, he was, she was the shit. I mean, he was coming off of like a 400-point PPR season. Mm-hmm. He had something like 20 combined touchdowns. It was amazing. And here now he can't find work. His knees are dust. And that's how fast everything turns over. And, and it's and the biggest thing is, is learning. Come in with a plan. Mm-hmm. Now, Jerry likes to call it productive struggle. Jerry, Jerry has just embraced the suck. He'll come in. He'll trade away all of his his decent picks and older players. He'll get every first. But then, literally in a couple of years, you know, literally, I mean, but but you have to commit to a strategy. I think that's the mm-hmm. the, the bigger point I would make. It, yeah, it doesn't. It, it's the uh, and I wish I, I should go find it because I think I reference this all the time and I probably say it wrong or butcher the shit out of it. But like, uh, you know, I think it was Mark Cuban at one point. So like, there's there's no point to be in the middle. Either go for it or you suck completely. Just go for being the worst because being in the middle, if you know, if you, if you don't have a strategy and you end up in the middle and you continue not to have a strategy, guess where you're going to end up right where you are in the middle. You're not going anywhere. You won't be the worst because there's teams that are taking that strategy to, to, you know, you know, in essence, you know, tank for the future. What, you know, I know it's a four letter word, but whatever, or, you know, or go for, you know, the money this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's extremely difficult um, when you don't have a strategy. So that's definitely one there. You just got to pick a direction uh, either way, you know, um, I, I guess. And, and the other thing that you kind of mentioned, too, I think that it just added into this. And I think this goes for new players transitioning and even current dynasty players. Um, I don't think that people have put enough emphasis on understanding the cap um, contracts and you know, because it's not just a girl is a fine, definitely a great example. Like, dude, the writing was on the wall. This guy was used up, you know, he just was worn out. He's a running back. That's how it works. And he was getting an obscene amount of, of work every year, which was great at the time. But I think too, like you can predict 
when players' values are going to change based off of them being cut, them land get, reaching free agency. Uh, you know, you get those. I like to call them like scratch off tickets. Like I will, I will get a bunch of Michael Gallup and Mike Williams this year just because, like, hell, I would like to see where they go in 2022. And do they end up somewhere overly crowded and their value sucks? Maybe, but I think over. But there, there's upside there with you know where they're. Uh, outcomes could be in the future you know we get a little too focused on like oh he's on the cowboys yeah yeah he is michael gallup was played dallas in 2021 more than likely you know potentially not in 2022 right so uh i think that's one thing that i would you know i would say a little bonus there i guess as far as some strategy that i don't think people put enough emphasis in or or really pay attention to enough yeah and and, and again you you have to kind of know what you want to do and I, I will say one thing is just building a, a balanced team and, and, and making sure that you don't go, don't go too crazy one way or the other. And, and another thing is that you mentioned it is that next level thinking is that, you know, what's going to happen in 2022. And I know people are like, well, Jesus Christ, guys, we, we, we've not even got the ball in the air for 2021 yet, but from a dynasty standpoint, we're done. Mm-hmm. We're done. The rookie drafts are done. OTAs are done. You might make a trade or two. And I, that's something else that I would recommend. You know, people that play a lot of redraft love to trade. I know I did. Guilty. Guilty as charged. But you start tinkering too much in the offseason, and the next thing you know, like that's one of the number one questions I answer in the patron, is they'll send me this trade, and they're like, you know, I'm like, is that a, is that like a right now move? Like I get like maybe picking up like a value third wide receiver, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, getting a little bit of running back depth. But it's like you're moving six players, and they're moving four players and three draft picks, and we have no idea what's even happening yet. Yeah, And, and it's just like it's fun to tinker, and I, I think that's one. So uh, we'll keep this thing moving. Is there a strategy that you can still use in redraft that you don't use in Dynasty? Um, I for, I put a couple – yeah, I was thinking through this in a couple of things. So the main one, and I've used it more last year, and that maybe not to the exact prescription, whatever, uh, but – uh, in redraft, I've you you can definitely, especially in PPR now, you can definitely get uh, down that zero RB path, right? Where you can ignore the position more or less and just live on the wire, like we talked about earlier, right? There's going to be guys there, and hell, with a long with one even one game longer, this it's going to be telling. I think this this upcoming season to see how this impacts fantasy football. Um, you know, I, I definitely think that it helps to have at least one. But in redraft league, man, you can. I mean, you can punt the living crap out of running back and it really isn't something that's hard to overcome in dynasty, man. It's those running backs carry so much value. I mean, I, um, you know, I, I just saw, uh, a trade recently where Aaron Jones, who I love, I love Aaron Jones. He's solid, man. He's really good. Someone just traded him for Deandre Hopkins, uh, and, and a piece. And I'm just like, man, like, you know, in, I think that's a short shelf life for that Aaron Jones owner. I, I like, I don't know how much longer he's going to be productive and yeah, Hopkins isn't a spring chicken, but like, man, I, I think that's just a better, I'd rather own that piece rather own Hopkins. It's really, really hard to acquire running backs when you do not have them. Um, so that, that was the one that jumped out to me. Um, the other one that I'm, that I noted on here, this might go the other way, but in redraft leagues, if it's super flex, I like to make sure I lock up my, my quarterbacks. Um, in super flex leagues, man, I, I want, I get, I want my two guys. I'll throw my third on there, hoping to only use them twice a year on those bye weeks and I'm good to go. In dynasty though, I have, I usually do lean more towards, I'll just take three and, you know, and, and take some shots on some, like I didn't, I didn't do as many startups yet as I did last year, but like 
I end up, and this is falling ass backwards into it, so I'm now genius, but like I end up with Herbert in a bunch of spots because he was just the cheapest young quarterback, right? This year, the equivalent, like give me, you know, uh, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. Like I'm just going to take some guys, you know, some Baker, the make Baker Mayfields of the world, kind of build them up on my, on my roster for quarterbacks and then take a few shots, you know, take Mac Jones, take a late guy, you know, take Jameis Winston or whatever, just add, adding some flyers at that running back positions or the quarterback position. Sorry. So that's one, that's one strategy that in redraft, I definitely differ on in super flexes. If, if it's super flex, I'm getting my quarterbacks in redraft leagues, but in dynasty, I feel a little bit more comfortable waiting uh, and just hoping I can, I can hit on one. Oh, I have two. And I'll talk about your quarterback in a minute is in, in redraft. I really don't care. Like I absolutely I, about age. I really don't oh, care yeah. about age. Sorry, I was like, yeah, I, mean, I just I was, don't care. That, 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 I'm, a, I'm living yo. I'm, I'm I'm living my life like Jameis Winston, baby. What Vin Diesel say in in fast? I live my life a quarter mile at a time. time. I live my oh, life yeah. a quarter mile at a time, Kyle. Uh, but like this year, I love Zeke for redraft. Hell yeah! I think, I think Zeke is going to have if he stays healthy, and Zeke's been relatively healthy throughout his career. Now, all of his really fancy nerd metrics may not look great, like his yards per carry may dip down, and all this other... I, I don't give a shit, guys. It's a great offense. And mm-hmm. if Dak's behind center, Zeke's going to look fine. And this may be his last year in Dallas. I mean, now, the nerd metrics matter more in Dynasty than they do in Redraft or Best Ball. For a seasonal league, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get Zeke at a value because we... we um What's the word? We have Zeke fatigue, right? He came out in 2016. It's been Zeke, Zeke, Zeke. We want the new hotness. Zeke's old and busted, and we want the new hotness. We want Cam Akers. We want Antonio Gibson. We want we want DeAndre Swift. We want the rookies this year. We want Javante Williams. We want all the we want the new hotness. And Zeke's old and busted. But I'll tell you right now, for a dynasty league, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. But for redraft, man, get the hell out of here. I will take Zeke as my RB one, and then I will litter my team with some depth running backs around him, whether that's a Tariq Cohen, um, a Damian Harris. You know, I'll layer in a bunch of guys around that, and uh, I will build around Zeke in a redraft. But then you mentioned quarterback. I agree. In a seasonal league, I may reach a little bit earlier in a seasonal super flex or 2QB mm-hmm. league. But in Dynasty, man, I agree. I did a patron podcast called Building the Dynasty Bullpen. Do give me one ace. If you're a baseball fan, you know what I'm talking about. You're, if you're watching on YouTube, Kyle's wearing a White Sox hat. I'm wearing my son's team hat. This is the Hamilton Southeastern Royals. Hopefully, um, you guys won more uh, games this weekend than the we White Sox did. did. Not we won. Oh. We won. We got rained out on Saturday. Won uh, the first round of our tournament. Lost in the. Uh, see, we won the round of eight. Lost in the semifinals. So. No. Socks um, got, got swept, so. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're hurt. But, but if, if you get the term, I'm building around an ace. If mm-hmm. I'm building a super flex dynasty league, I love to have a, a, a Dak. Dak is one of my absolute favorites. I've, I've never really lowered Dak in my dynasty rankings the entire time. You mentioned Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. I mean, Patrick Mahomes goes without saying. Then after that, I, I'm, I'm going to have a bullpen, if you will, to back up my ace. Like I, if I walk away from a dynasty superflex draft with Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, and Derek Carr, or Sam Darnold, or or, or some combination of those guys, it's real simple. I'm always going to be starting Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or whoever, and then I'm just going to rotate in. Hey, you know what? Baker's playing Cincinnati. Baker kicks the dog shit out of Cincinnati each and every each and every time. It doesn't matter. He has career games against Cincinnati. 
I'm going to play him. Hey, every time Derek Carr plays Kansas City, it seems like he has a great game. I'm going to play Derek Carr as my QB too. You just have to be comfortable playing those matchups. So I agree with, with both your points. I do want to get into some seasonal questions, but I do have a question for you. Now, you play both. You play Dynasty. You play Redraft. Now, Dynasty startups really start like right after the Super Bowl and run through about May. And then your redraft leagues kind of really start and end in August. Like if you're drafting and redraft in September, I'm telling you, you're begging for trouble. I learned, learned my own lesson. And if you're drafting in September, that league's going to be shaky. But the best part about that league is you can probably win it because that's a bunch of people who really don't give a rat's ass. And they're like, hey, Thursday night, be at Kyle's house. We're going to draft before Thursday night football. You can probably walk away with some 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 money in that league. But which do you prefer? Which is your favorite "quote unquote" draft season? Do you like the long, longer, more drawn out, three to four month process with Dynasty, or do you really like that short, powerful window of really the month of August? Yeah, I, I actually, I actually kind of prefer Dynasty draft season, and that, and and in fact, I probably cut it in half because I don't really like drafting right after the Super Bowl. I don't really even like drafting until after the NFL draft, to be honest with you, but. Um, I, I've definitely done startups where, you know, you can take the draft pick and, and set the player a few weeks ahead of time and all that. I totally get it. Um, I mean, we're all degenerates here. We've all done it. Uh, so I, I usually try to, to wait a little bit longer to do startups. But the thing that I love about dynasty draft season is just how many different ways you can get it done. You know, I, over the last, last year, especially, I mean, holy hell, we were all starved for just some entertainment. Um, and, but between last year and even this year, like, you, I mean, you can you can do uh, you can do the a slow draft where kind of you know takes you a few weeks, gives you time. You kind of building strategy on the fly. Um, you know, you can obviously you know, you can do you know we're all we're all on Zoom and all these things now. You can still get on a call, hang out for a bit, do things that way, mix it up. You can do auctions. You can do uh, you know just regular drafts. You know, you can split up your rookie draft. Um, you know, I've thrown that out there as far as you know doing it that way too. You can have supplemental rounds and things. There's just so many different ways that you can go about it. You know, redraft is you're doing it one one way, right? You're uh, and it's you have to do it right up against the season. You're on the clock kind of thing. You don't want to do it too early uh, because then you're kind of stuck with guys that you know go down or get injured or things change. You want that information, right, for redraft league. So I generally trying to push that later into August if you can. But for dynasty, man, it doesn't matter. You can do it anytime. You can do it any way, uh, and you can really mix it up and, and have some fun with it. So. Um, yeah, man, it, I I prefer dynasty draft season just a little bit more. It's just exciting, and you actually kind of get to see a little bit too how your rosters are shaping up because you're watching it go through free agency. You're oh god, I lost this guy. Oh, I'm real high on Melvin Gordon. He survived free agency. They got rid of Phil Lindsay. Hell yeah, draft season comes. Bam, Williams to the balls. Like okay, now I'm not feeling so hot. So like it, it's just uh, the ups and downs of dynasty season are always fun. But I, I like the, just how you can kind of draw that out and really make the most of it. So I w- I'll give the edge to Dynasty, to be honest with you. Now, I, I, I like the uh, the sense of urgency around redraft season. Mm-hmm. It's, it's typically 16 rounds for the most part. You get the draft done in a day. Um, we used to back in the day, like when you're talking about, you know, just starting up and you, you literally had to get everybody together in a room and you had like the, we didn't even have the little sticker gimmicks. We literally had two pieces of poster board side by side <laughs> and the person with the best handwriting literally wrote down all the players and then he would go home and enter them all in ESPN. So like you would literally draft on like, we always got to the point to where we were drafting 
the Sunday after NFL preseason week three. Mm-hmm. And he would barely have all the rosters in by the time that you had to set them for for week one. So so those are just some of the things, and and and, and that's kind of the thing as a dynasty gamer. Get back into it. I'll tell you my best my best drafting is startup season. The closer to the Super Bowl, the better. You know, like like poker players. That's kind of what this whole series of you know shows has been based off of. The Super System. My best game, my best drafting game is literally right after the Super Bowl. Because I've been, like, I'm already looking at 2022. I'm already starting to put small pieces on the board and who's going to be a free agent and who's going to move. And, you know, who. And, and I found that by, you know, looking at that now for Dynasty, I have an idea of who's going to be those three or four guys that I'm going to reach around, maybe a round and a half on in a Dynasty startup because I feel like I've done my homework. Mm-hmm. And those are the leagues that I tend to do my best drafting in. But I, I do love redraft. I absolutely re- love redraft. It is my roots. All right, I'm gonna get you out of here on, on, on a couple of questions. Sounds good. Is, is there a player that you're? Like, we mentioned this earlier. Like I mentioned Zeke. Now, is there a guy? Uh, I'll give you another one. A guy that I love this year for redraft. This is all for all the FF SmackDown crossovers. Uh, is T.Y. Hilton? I know, I know, Indianapolis guy, Homer. I get it. But he's got a quarterback that plays a game a little bit more conducive. With, with T.Y., it really comes down to health. And over the last six games of the season last year, so weeks 12 through week 17, he was the wide receiver 11, the wide receiver 11 in all of fantasy. He scored 17.08 PPR points per game. In that same time frame, DeAndre Hopkins scored 17.1. So two one-hundredths of a point less than DeAndre Hopkins in that final six weeks. And with T.Y., it really comes down to health. He's a guy that's going super late in ADP, and he's the kind of guy that you could pick up as a wide receiver three. I mean, if you stack him behind a a Stephon Diggs as your one or a Justin Jefferson or a Devontae Adams, if you have a guy like that and he plays to that level like he ended last year, you're going to look back and say, I absolutely stole him. Now, no one's giving you a popcorn fart for T.Y. and Dynasty, so I'm stealing him there too, but... He he's a guy. He's an example for me. What about you? He, Who's a guy he, in that vein? Ty's going to go. Ty's going to go borderline undrafted. To be honest, it was we were actually looking at this. We were looking at some wide receiver trios, um, and it started in Pittsburgh. You know, it's the big one. It kind of worked its way down, and we kind of worked our way into Indy. And I was like, I really do. I like I like Pittman and everything, but like the argument that I made for Juju at the top was just like for Pittsburgh was like he's the cheapest. And then when I was looking, I'm like. Holy hell, TY is free. Like he is going to be. So that's just it's it's the mindset you have to put yourself in in redraft leagues. I had a few guys. So some guys that I'm going to be taking in redraft leagues I'm not really wanting on my dynasty rosters. Um I'll I'll go I got a treat I'll just touch on these three real super fast. Chris Carson and Ryan Mostert, these are both guys I'm not sure of their futures or their current te- with their current teams, but damn, they're going to be producers um in 2021. When these guys are on the field, they are awesome. So they're going to be RB2s you can get for you know, high RB three prices. These guys are going to be solid. You can get on your team. Antonio Brown. Uh, it's, it's all fun and games, but damn, this dude was a baller when he, when you consider what you had to pay for him, which was nothing. He got on the team, came right in and just stole the show. When you look at again, you know, return on investment, Mike Evans is a second, third round pick right now. Chris Godwin's fourth round pick right now in redraft leagues. Antonio Brown's going eighth, ninth plus. Um, he's a guy that I don't want on my dynasty squads because I don't really think he's going to be around much longer, but for redraft, he can produce at a cheap level. 
and I won't just go all old guys for the win here. I'll go throw out one more guy that I want on my redraft league team, but I will not have on my dynasty squads because I'm cashing out right now. Jalen Hurts, uh, he runs. That's fun. He's going to get a shot this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, holy hell, this dude can't throw it four feet into the dirt um, at this time in 2022 and they make a replacement at the quarterback position in Philly. I don't have confidence in Hurts. I hate when teams change regimes and they're like, hey, you're, this is your quarterback. Enjoy. Um, so Hurts is a guy that uh, in Dynasty, I get it. In Superflex, for sure, uh, he's going to carry value. But, oh, man, I, I want whatever I can get for him uh, if I'm on my Dynasty squads. But for redraft, I'll, I'll draft him and, and see if the magic uh, continues as far as those fancy points going up. But those are a few guys. Yeah, I, lo- I love uh, I love the Jalen Hurts for for seasonal leagues, best ball. Or mm-hmm. we had that conversation with Josh Larkey just a couple of weeks ago, and Josh nailed it. And then we took some of his points and, and my point of, you know, Philadelphia is going to suck. They're yeah. absolutely they're, they're I mean, and, and if you disagree, the boys and the boys and girls in Vegas will take your bet. They have one of the lowest over under win totals. So if you want to go put money over six and a half. Uh, if you're in Illinois or Indiana or any state with legal sports betting, you can get that action because I want no part of it. I would bet the under on the Eagles. And so they're going to finish with a top eight pick. They have the Colts first more than likely because we all think Carson Wentz is going to at least play enough games to get them Indy's pick. And then they have a pick from Miami. So they're going to have three firsts. And you know what? They could they could always trade Jalen Hurts and three firsts <clears throat> to Houston for Deshaun Watson if he gets his legal baggage taken care of. Great destination, right? Major city. It would be in the NFC versus the AFC where the Texans are. And a team with three firsts is going to be able to dictate their future. And to your point, new head coaching regime, which if he makes it past the year, good for him. Because there's no worse team, uh, maybe with the exception of Houston, that have been set up to fail more than Philadelphia. And no one can convince me otherwise. I truly believe they brought in Nick Sirianni because of his relationship with Frank Reich to try to fix Carson Wentz and then Carson Wentz pulled the boo-boo face and he had to get out of Philadelphia (laughs) so there was one place he could go so they really put Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni and this entire team in a really shitty position so I agree I love Jalen Hurts for 2021 but from a lot especially if you're getting him in a startup and you're getting him in the second third round of a dynasty startup man whew Wish you all the best in the world. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned one another guy that, it, like in redraft, I don't mind taking a shot on is uh, Adam Thielen, older mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. um, going to be a good offense. Now reverse it. Give me a guy that you're taking all over the dynasty realm, but you don't even think may even get drafted in a redraft league. This was actually tough because the way that you'd phrase it was that he doesn't even get drafted. I was like, oh man, that's and so and maybe I'm just like I've only I've done you know about a at least a dozen mock drafts or whatever. But as you kind of get to the end there, you're, you're not looking at it the same as when you go through a, an actual redraft, like, okay, what's on the wire? What's who would my watch list players or whatever. So I kind of went with guys I knew aren't getting drafted this year. Um, and these are, so that also makes them very low dynasty options, but players that if I can add on to a, a trade or, or sneak through uh, in season uh, in 2021 to add on my roster to have in the future, I'm, I'm feel, feeling pretty good about that. Uh, the two guys I had were Donovan Peoples-Jones, kid super young. He's in Cleveland. He's behind two older wide receivers that both have easy outs for the Browns next season. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., if they get tired of that whole train, you know, maybe they decide to move him, but they, you know, his money shows that they, they will have that flexibility next year, but even more so with Jarvis Landry. And I love 
I'll give give me some Jarvis Landry, right? All the dude does is catch passes. Like I, you know, from a fancy asset standpoint, you know, I'm about that. But for you know, projecting the fancy value of those two wide receivers, I, I think that it's more than likely that one of them is no longer in Cleveland after this season. And Donovan Peoples Jones flashed a little bit last year, had some opportunities with Beckham out. I again, I don't think this is a slam dunk, but if he's going completely, if you're going after undrafted players in redraft, I'll go with uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. And the second one I had quick is Bryson Hopkins. Uh, this is another guy that uh, the Rams can get out of Higby's contract easily. They already let Everett walk. Hopkins will be going into his third year next year out of Purdue. Um, you know, didn't get a lot of opportunities this rookie season, but uh, if you're in a tight end premium league and you just want to, you know, ah, you know, just throw in this guy, he's a guy that's just on people's taxis that has done zero uh, and probably won't do a whole lot this year. Um, but for dynasty purposes, uh, I kind of like that upside just to just to see. So those are two young guys that will not, definitely not be drafted <laughs> in redraft leagues that I'm I'm uh, I'm looking to try to maneuver onto my dynasty roster if they're not already on my taxi. So as we all know, uh, a few years ago, you and myself and Sal Lido of the FF SmackDown, famous for the Scott Fishbowl Potathon, which we will be on, will be on 7 a.m. July 6th. You know, you might see Kyle do a run in along with me and Jerry and Dr. Kyle and, and some of the boys, so you want to make sure you're tuned into that. But uh, a name that, that I have on here, because we talked about the tight end position with Sal and what a hot, greasy dumpster fire the tight end position is. I mean, really, I, I think that's part of the reason why people are going so bananas over Kyle Pitts. We're so thirsty. We're so hungry for decent play beyond George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and maybe TJ Hawkinson that you show us a 20-year-old rookie that's never squirted a drop of piss in the NFL, and we'll just make him the 101 in every format, because that, that's how it is. Uh, the guy that I would rather have from the rookie tight end position that will not get drafted in redraft this year is Pat Fryermuth. And uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the Dynasty Warzone, about so many people, and I don't understand this, so you're you're a I'm going to go into a long-winded tirade. Bear with me. You 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 do do you know how much money Dak made off of endorsements last year? As <laughs> as, as the Cowboys, forget about his salary, his franchise tag. Do you have any idea what he made last year? Guess. I I don't even. I, he's fifty-four million dollars in, in, in endorsements. Holy shit! So, so is there? So obviously, I would say that the 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 quarterback for the Cowboys is one of the greatest brand builders in the NFL. But you know, the Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't too far behind. If you're a free agent quarterback, now let's think about this. You're going to be going to a team that will have Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson under contract. You're going to have Najee Harris, and you're going to have Pat Fryermuth. You know, if I'm Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, some of these guys, I'm going to be tripping over myself to fight to get to the front of the line. Not only can I play for a pretty good team with a head coach that's never had a losing record, but I can really rebuild my personal brand and make additional money beyond my contract by being the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I know he didn't have much of a choice, but there's a lot of way for, for Big Ben to uh, you know augment his income, that quote-unquote salary cap uh, cut he gave back to the team. But this is a long-winded way to say this is an offense I love getting in. I don't want any part of Juju, but if I can get Deontay Johnson, if I can get Pat Fryermuth, if I can get... Chase Claypool, Najee in a dynasty league, and that's why I love Pat Fryermuth. He was taken twenty mm-hmm. third overall in the second round. Great draft capital, a team that's historically used the tight end to some degree, going back to Heath Miller and probably before that. 
And will, will he be the next George Kittle? I don't know. But I know that if I'm, I'm looking for a scratch-off lottery ticket that, that I really like. And another guy, this will probably be considered blasphemy. I still like Henry Ruggs. I still like Henry Ruggs, especially at a dynasty best ball. Um, d- does anyone need a hit more than John Gruden and Mike Mayock? <laughs> a first-round hit. Like they, the one dude, they, they need one bad. It's been rough for them, for sure. So, so, so those are my guys, man. So listen, I want to have you back. So you're, you're going to be a, uh, a, a, oh, I do have one more question. Let's go yep. one more question. We'll make this about an hour. Who is the player that's going to be overdrafted in 2021 for redraft? Not dynasty, but for redraft. Uh, so I have some honorable mentions uh, and that I won't go dive deep into. You guys will just have to tune into the SmackDown for that. But the honorable mentions, Cam Akers at 20th overall, RB12. I, I like me some Cam Akers, but holy Christ, there are so many guys after him that I like, and the receivers there are, are really enticing. That's going to be tough. Uh, Julio Jones, as of right now, Sleeper just put out some ADP from about a week ago that is redraft. He's going as wide receiver 12 mid-third round. Uh, I don't – we talked about this on the SmackDown. I don't like the uh, – I don't necessarily like the targets that are going to be there for him, but we'll see. And Odell Beckham Jr., I don't know if I can poop on this guy enough. But uh, but uh, the the answer to this question is who is the most uh, – who is the player that be overdrafted the most in 2021 20, redraft leagues? And that answer is – whoever the tight end seven is uh, because man, there, there are six tight ends that I think are worth their weight. Uh, and if you draft Mark Andrews, you better hope to God, those touchdowns are still there, but I'll, I'll give it to him for now. Right now. That's, that's the, the guys in contention for that are Noah fan or Dallas Goddard. It doesn't matter who it is. If you're drafting the seventh tight end off the board, you are losing because he is going to have to produce at a very high level to return on that investment. While there's guys that are, you can just kick that can down the road at worst, it's going to be a point per game difference, and you can you're talking about seven, eight rounds difference um, in those guys because that seventh tight end is going to come off the board in round six. People are going to get nervous round seven, maybe. Um, so whoever the seventh tight end is, don't draft him. Just wait it out. You've made it this far. You're now in the half of the league that will have a crap tight end because it's filth, and you just live with it now. So uh, don't draft that guy. <laughs> All right. Well, you 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 kind of crapped on Cam Akers. Now I'm looking <laughs> at Fantasy Pros ADP, and they have him as the 15th player off the board, the RB11, <laughs> no um, and, and and they're taking information from RTS. So was it Real Time Sports? Uh, RTS Sports, Fan Tracks, and the FFC. Yeah. Okay. So he's averages the 15th player off the board. He is sandwiched between Stephon Diggs. And DeAndre Hopkins. So um, that's one way to live your life. That that's a bold, <laughs> bold strategy, Cotton. You know, the guy that I I thought I would have said to be honest would have would have been Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I did I didn't think there was any way that he could that he could repeat that that fourteen hundred and fourteen season. You know, f- for me, it's probably George Kittle. You know, George George Kittle, this is a non-tight end premium uh, ADP that I'm looking at at Fantasy Pros. He's going as the 23rd player off the board, and, and that is way too high for me. Yeah. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I, I play a lot of tight end premium, and I have a lot of George Kittle, and I am very happy about that. But in a redraft league, and we're going to do a mock draft. By the way, I was getting ready to invite Kyle back. Kyle's going to come back. We're going to do our best to get Mr. Jake Hripp. 
and Jarrah Sinclair. And we're going to do a four-man uh, redraft mock. And you, you'll see, like for me, where you'll see a George Kittle go in ADP, even in a, in a standard scoring tight end format, like at a one point per reception, same as everybody else, he'll go way too rich for my blood. And the running backs and wide receivers at that 23rd, 24th, 25th position are someone I would much rather have at ADP because I would much rather gamble late. I would rather try to get a TJ Hawkinson. And then if I miss TJ Hawkinson, I'm going to punt the position almost to the very end. And I'll try to get two or three of Mike Gusecki, Evan Ingram. For whatever reason, Evan Ingram has died. Yes. And, and, and no one's drafting him. Uh, I'll, I'll go for a, a Mike Gusecki. Um, I'll take a late shot on a guy like Zach Ertz, who's still a year younger than, than Travis Kelsey. Maybe he gets traded to the Colts or winds up. I've heard rumors to the Titans. So I, I'm going to fade that early that early George Kittle share. I can't blame you for Kelsey. He is a cheat code, especially in a, in a, a 1.75 or 1.5 tight end premium league. But man, in redraft, that's just way too rich for my blood, Kyle. Yeah, Kittle is uh, – he's he's. I think he's, uh, if I remember this right, he's at least a round earlier than Waller right now. And I just like – they're not that far apart. And, and probably two rounds ahead of Hawkinson? Uh, at least, yeah. At like, least two right, or three, yeah. Yeah, so like that's the problem. Like I don't think that uh, they're – they are that much different, you know? So if you, if you want a tight end on your squad, um, we talked about it actually just this last week on the SmackDown, like there's a, there's a way you can talk yourself into Kelsey. I'm totally fine with that. I'm with you there, Memphis. But like, then it's a kind of like Kittle is just in, he's in the wrong area. There's just too many, too much other value there. So it's Waller or Hawk for me. Well, it's weird. It's like, you know, and I'm not the biggest Rashad Bateman in the world, but the big argument against Rashad Bateman is, you know, it's a low-volume passing offense. Gang, do you know who number two has been over the last two and a half years? If you guess the San Francisco 49ers, you would be correct. They're a very run-heavy team. They could be starting a rookie QB. And the one thing, you know, the one big difference between Baltimore and San Francisco is Baltimore doesn't have the quality of pass catchers they do. In San Francisco, I mean, you got Debo, you got Brandon Ayuk, and then you have George Kittle. I'm not saying George Kittle might not be the one A, but he's really got to convert what volume he does get. And then if they do bench Jimmy Garoppolo at some point, what's his relationship like with the young gun Trey Lance, who I love? So it doesn't bother me as much from a dynasty standpoint. But that's a guy that I'll be looking to diversify some of my dynasty shares of is Mr. Kittle. But I'll never diversify you, Mr. Kyle. I appreciate you jumping on with me. I, I'm really looking forward to uh, this this redraft, this redraft mock draft. People love mocks. That's part of the reason why you got to tune into the YouTube. Sleeper, to their credit, I am. Uh, if you're budget conscious, I said you want a free league. You, you can't get better a better free dynasty league or even redraft than Sleeper. I am begging this year. I am begging my old school league we've been playing. I think this will be like the 17th year. I'm begging them to be on Sleeper this year. Because if that's the case, then I'm only on two platforms so far. I'm on MFL. I'm on Sleeper. I don't have to check that ESPN league. To Kyle's point, man, you know, I want to narrow the number of ad drops I have to do on a weekly basis. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, man, can I get you back next week to do some mock drafting? Yeah, bro, absolutely. I appreciate it. It's been too long since you and I have been able to uh, hop on a pod together, so I was looking forward to this for sure. But heck yeah, man, I'm, I'm in for next week as well. Let's, uh, let's figure it out. Let's get it done. Well, I can't let, I can't let, let Jake show me up. i got to make sure I give you this. <laughs> Thank you.
<laughs> yes. I don't know where the hell we keep finding the studio audience, especially right. during these COVID times. But Well, I mean, they're all wearing masks, and they are socially distanced, and they are vaccinated. So, uh, you know, getting, getting Kyle on the show is this. I'm epic win. I push to limit every time. Kyle is an epic win. Dude, I super appreciate you jumping on. If you stuck around all the way to the end, you got to hear some uh, some fun on the soundboard. I'll try to start using the soundboard a little bit more on the show. But, uh, Kyle, until next week, man, make sure you go back and listen to Tuesday's edition of the FF Smackdown. They talked tight ends. Speaking of George Kittle and tight ends, great conversation between him and Mr. Jake Hripp. And that'll be there for you. But until next time, his name is Kyle. You can find him on Twitter at... Kyle Month 8. You can find me at DWZ Memphis. And until then, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here real soon with more football goodness. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name's Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days. In the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. And this segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com. And that is the official apparel provider of the Dynasty Warzone merch. We have our t-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself and our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global, that is V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N Global, ViridianGlobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store, and man, you'll see all the t-shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor, and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at ViridianGlobal.com. Thanks for checking them out.